Welcome to episode 21 of the Self-Care 101 podcast with your host, Pooja K. McClymont, helping people achieve their full potential with effective self-care through wellbeing coaching. Thank you so much for listening today. On this episode, I'm going to talk about how to let go of the need to be perfect. Perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor, the enemy of the people. It will keep you cramped and insane your whole life, and it is the main obstacle between you and a shitty first draft. (laughs) That quote was written by Anne Lamott, and I thought, when I first read it, I was like, oh my God, that is so me. I have been a perfectionist all my life. (laughs) Now, this is probably my most scariest topic to talk about, because... Hi, my name's Pooja and I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) Or should I say it was? I manage it better now by refocusing my attention, but more on that later. Now, when I was putting together some points for this podcast and also my upcoming workshop on perfectionism, I delved into a dark hole of holding a mirror up against myself. Literally, every article I read, every scientific or psychological explanation of perfectionism was me. I was like, yep. Yep, I do that. Yep, I'm like that. And then it got me reflecting all the way back to when I was a kid. I didn't realise, but during my recovery from depression, my counselling sessions addressed the need for perfection in my life. So I've luckily been aware of it and I'm much better than I used to be. But you know what, look, it still creeps in every now and again. So this research has been a useful reminder to me (laughs) to take it a little more easy and enjoy the process of attaining my goals again. It ain't easy though, believe me, this is one of the hardest areas of your life to work on, perfectionism, because it's so ingrained and a lot of us have it from childhood, so this is not an easy topic, I'm going to lay that out right now. Perfectionism tends to stem from fear. This is usually very deep rooted from childhood and then this fear is fed as we become adults and start working towards life goals. Now depending on your upbringing it can be really hard to ascertain what you are okay with and what you've been conditioned to believe is okay. Personally for me I know exactly where my perfectionist standards come from. My mama. (laughs) I'm so glad she doesn't know how to use a podcast or even know what a podcast is. (laughs) She'd kill me. Anyway, (laughs) she herself was, and to be honest, she still is a perfectionist. She's highly strung and she's stressed all the time. Now, unfortunately, I've also been like that. I know that my grandma put my mum down a lot. I remember the things she used to say. They were subtle, but I now know how much they must have hurt my mum. And this too was probably quite deeply rooted in a long line of perfectionism, which we could perhaps trace back to colonialism if we really want to get deep, (laughs) whereby the British let Indians know that they could have a better life if they did things the British way. (laughs) Anyway, that's not for today. But mostly the point that I wanted to make here was that when I was younger, my mum... She was always making me strive for more things. So things like, you got an A, well done, but why didn't you get an A plus? 
Now, nothing I did was ever good enough. My career choices were questioned. Why didn't you become a lawyer and marry a nice Indian man? Why haven't you bought a house yet? No one will ever love you if you're fat. I mean, there's a long list and I'm not sharing these so that you hear me bashing my mum. Remember, I've done the work now so I can come from a place of compassion towards my mum rather than blaming her for her experiences. I choose to be different. But if you're not sure if you can label yourself as a perfectionist, I kind of hope that these examples can show you how easily these standards can come to be in our lives from a really early age and that they might just be the reasons why you struggle with life today. Experts have found that perfectionism is more than an attitude or excess attention to detail. It's become a way of life that creates and amplifies mental issues and this is really why I'm really big on it in my practice. It's a clear signal that we've become a we've kind of got a problematic relationship with our sense of self. Now, perfectionism can be a positive or a negative trait. When it's negative, the person tends to be motivated by fear of failure or an effort to avoid difficult feedback or unpleasant experiences. When you have a high fear of failure, you see yourself as not good enough. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. <laughs> so when we're talking about feedback or unpleasant experiences, that's anybody giving you feedback from friends to colleagues to your bosses, any feedback that you receive, you just find it really, really negative and it feeds the fear of failure within you. Perfectionists strain compulsively toward being good enough. Now in their minds, it's about being accepted by others and being good enough not to be rejected. Perfectionism is definitely a social issue in many ways because it's about other, re other people's reactions or imagined reactions to you or the comparison with others. So with that, we're talking about, you know, you're, you're in a situation. So let's, let's talk about, I don't know, you're dating someone and he hasn't called you back within a time period that you want him to call you back on. So you're imagining what that person is thinking about you. But the fact is quite simple they just haven't responded it doesn't necessarily mean anything but when you're in that perfectionist mindset you are imagining what that person could be doing and it's usually fed negatively now being good enough often means not having any flaws or making mistakes somehow in the perfectionist mind being accepted means meeting a very high, extremely high bar. Performance and public interactions become about social comparison. So everything you're doing, everywhere you go, you are looking at comparison. Now, a lot of this happens on an unconscious level because I know there's going to be some of you who are listening to this thinking, oh no, I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people think. But if you're a perfectionist and you've been this way a long time, this is really ingrained and very, very unconscious behavior. So have a little reflection, think about it. Now in perfectionism, self-worth comes from achievement and uh, let's say wins, right? So when you win at something. Now when you don't win, you, you judge yourself so harshly that you don't want to try anymore. And it's painful to think you're not good enough. And then you've got the fear of rejection, then the sense of rejection, that can be what's really incapacitating. And even when it's not factual, that's, that's probably the worst part that you're fearing this fear of rejection, but it's not based on any facts. 
Now, imagining that you're being shunned, kicked out of a tribe for not being good enough. Now, that can be totally crushing. You can easily begin to hate yourself. And again, this can happen at such a young age. That sense of not belonging and that goes really, really deep. So that goes back to our tribal roots where we couldn't survive if we were ostracized by the tribe. The fear of being rejected by a tribe, now that can lead to avoiding social situations. And perfectionists can be quite lonely. So even if you have lots of friends and a busy social life, you still feel lonely in your relationships because there's confusion between genuine connection and connection in return for something. When I read this line, I really was quite taken aback by it because I read this somewhere and I thought, oh my God, that's such an interesting way of looking at life because when I was when I'm doing marketing work, I do a lot of, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, and we probably all do it in work if we're in sort of salesy roles. But it's so interesting to see whether or not you've been doing that in your friendships, you know? One thing to think about. So how does perfectionism show up in social situations in everyday life? Maybe you've got a best friend, and they, they invite you to dinner with a group of other friends that you probably don't know and she wants you to meet them are you excited and expecting to have new connections perfectionism can sneak in to make you worry about whether they'll accept you or not how many of us have been in that situation when you're invited to something a friend's birthday you know there's going to be new people there's going to be people you don't know and you are kind of anxious or butterflies before you're going out not necessarily able to pinpoint why you're feeling that way but basically you want to see whether or not people are actually gonna like you. And this is all happening for so many of us perfectionists, that's happening at a really unconscious level. You can worry about not knowing what to say or even what to wear. You don't know what their interests are, so you can't plan what to say. You can't control how the evening's gonna go, so you begin to think of how you can get out of the event. Or you go, but you freeze. You nod and answer questions, but you don't really let people know who you are, and that just confirms your worst is and then you believe even more strongly that you're flawed so the next time there's an event you're going to try and plan even more for it you're going to try to do better and that makes it scarier and guess what anxiety sets in perpetual anxiety because this need for perfectionism is so ingrained it's so strong that you lose the sense of what is real i'm going to say that again the need for perfectionism is so ingrained, so strong, that you lose the sense of what is real. And that brings up another component of perfectionism, the need for control. <laughs> I laugh because anyone who knows me will tell you how much of a control freak I am. My husband will definitely attest to it. I super. Anyway. <laughs> you want to plan conversations, you want to control where events occur, control who's present, plan the activities of an evening, spontaneity, or just letting the evening flow. Now that ends up being quite scary for you. How can you be sure you're acceptable and how, uh, how are people going to act to your flaws? You know, if your flaws aren't obvious, if you don't have control, how can you be in those sorts of situations? Now, something that is very, very relevant today is this age of anxiety. 
Now there's increasing evidence that we're taking the bait of today's culture. One that makes us feel under-accomplished if we aren't some kind of, I don't know, glammed up success bot. We're expected to look like the Kardashians. We're expected to be goal-setting machines, answer every ding within milliseconds and not let anyone see us sweat unless it's to show off the insanely hard hot yoga class we've just done in between deadlines and meetings and time spent triaging the latest disaster. <laughs> Kids are expected to iron out their college choices by such an early age. Their parents are pressured to find the perfect parenting style. We're told to cut the cord, go free range, but not to the point your kid gets picked off by a gorilla. <laughs> we douse ourselves in hand sanitizer, but don't kill the good bacteria. Don't dare smear that toxin sun lotion all over your child. You'll give them a different kind of cancer. Let them go down the slide alone. But if they get concussed, you're an idiot. Don't be a helicopter, be a submarine. And even with all this effort, you still feel guilty even though this generation spends more intentional time with their children than any generation past. Thomas Curran, PhD, and Andrew Hill, PhD, they define perfectionism as an irrational desire to achieve along with being overly critical of oneself and others. They had a study in 2017 which revealed, 33%, which revealed a 33% increase in socially prescribed perfectionism since get this, since 1989. And they explain that the strong need for today's generation to achieve, that relates to increasingly unrealistic educational and professional expectations. This is so true of life today. I see it not only with my clients, I see it with my friends, I see it with my own relationships, I see it with my working relationships. We are really in this completely unrealistic world of work and then people are talking about oh you can't achieve a work-life balance like well no because you're always on you're always available scrolling through instagram randomly of an evening i see people do it when i'm if i'm going into town for work meetings and i'm on the train sometimes i don't listen to music or read anything on a train because actually i use that hour and a half just for my mind to settle from my day and i will instead watch people and I look at what they're doing on their phones and it's mindless scrolling they're not even reading the things that they're looking at though I see people swipe up click a link have a quick scan then they go back to the app like I'm just going to say Instagram for an example but they'll go back to Instagram they'll, re they'll watch a couple of stories they'll swipe up again and they scroll in this really mindless manner and we all do it, we all do it. So I'm, I'm also holding my hands up to this, but scrolling in this really mindless manner and they're just liking, liking, liking. It's like some of us can read pretty quickly, but there's no way that you're actually reading what you're liking most times. And I've also noticed this in meetings that I've had with people where they're not present. You can tell that they're not present they're looking at the time they're thinking about something else you can see with people's eyes there's a glaze over and it's very now that I've pointed it out to you you probably notice it more when you're having a meeting but this is all prevalent of distraction society the relentless messaging that we have all around us that tricks us into thinking that what we do defines who we are how many times have you gone on a date and the first thing that's asked is what do you do for a living? You know, that doesn't define who you are. That's just what you do to make money. 
And it leads us to this constant state of self-criticism and incessant worry that we're not measuring up. And our inner voice, that takes on the tone of the culture. And if we redirect ourselves, we might be at risk for mental health problems and chronic discontent. So when we're actually thinking, oh no, this doesn't feel right. And I don't want to feel insecure because those collagen-filled lipped women are all over Instagram and that's what all men want. You get into this really unhealthy thought pattern and it actually then, because it's fighting against your values, it starts creating heavier anxiety, heavier mental health challenges. So we've, we've really got to be careful about this. Now look, as you can hear, this is a massive topic, it's a huge topic and there's multiple variances dependent on your life experiences. Here are some things that you can say to yourself to help you talk back to your perfectionism and keep your quest for being perfect from spiraling into irrational thoughts and behaviours. Because it's difficult to address perfectionism in this podcast environment. We would need to work on it together because where your perfectionism standards come from and how you apply them in your life today some of that might actually be positive perfectionism because it's not all negative it's just a case of recognizing when it's healthy and when it's not healthy okay and that we can really only uncover when we're working together because your life is going to be different to mine and anyone else's so here are just a couple of tips first one being being perfect isn't my key to social acceptance two when things go wrong, there are lessons to be found. Three, there's no such thing as perfect. Four, perfect isn't sustainable. Five, I need to practice mindfulness, not mindlessness. And six, I can't let perfectionism consume me. Essentially, you need to first recognize that you are a perfectionist. <laughs> So you're going to have to do the, hi, my name is, and I'm a perfectionist, and then decide if you want to change it. Now, this doesn't mean that you're unbecoming everything you know. It means that you're choosing when to let it go, because there will be times when you can be a little less rigid and a little more light, so that, look, you're not only protecting your mental well-being, but you can also then be the person you truly want to be. No one actively wants to be a stress head, and I'm sure you don't either. So take it from me, a recovering perfectionist, who is actively recovering, recovering may I add, actively. <laughs> take it from me that it will take time, but like I say in all my shows, it will take time, but you can do it. In April, I'm going to be hosting a workshop on how to let go of the need to be perfect. And in this workshop, we are going to address a lot of the content that we've talked about in this podcast. But most importantly, it's going to be tailored to you because we do a one-on-one -on -one session before we actually do the workshop. So I can understand where your challenges are and address them in an anonymous way in the group. So it sort of forms part of the topic. So when you come to this workshop, you actually get the things that you personally need out of it. And it's not just a kind of, oh, here's a magic wand that's going to fix everybody. It's not about that. It's about tailoring it, tailoring it to you and what's going on in your life so that it makes sense to you. Because honestly, when I'm working with you, I want you to get the most value out of any money you spend with me. I really do, because I believe in that. That's why I don't price my services 
in a ridiculously high obnoxious way I just don't believe in that I price fairly and in a way where I know that you can get a little bit of what you need out of it so that's very much me okay you want to know more about that head over to the website all the best with your perfectionism work <laughs> take it easy don't now fall into the downward spiral of self-criticism because you're recognizing a lot of these perfectionist traits. Just recognizing that you have it will be enough to make you aware of it in the short term. And if you do decide that you want to deal with it, you know where I am. Let's work together and make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Self Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe and review so that other people like you can find the show. For more tips and tricks, you can follow me on the socials at Frankly Coaching or visit my website to find out more about my coaching programs and how to work with me at franklycoaching.com.